the thief comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have and enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afuakwa. Pastor Afuakwa is the founder and general overseer of Embassy of Life Chapel, formerly Faith House Charismatic Chapel International, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to train believers through the teaching of the good news of the kingdom to know God better, live life better, and impact the world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. Okay, come with me to the book of Joshua for some time now. That's what we've been looking at. And we're looking at good success. Somebody say good success. And we said that success is not just success. Success, there's good and there's bad success. This book of the Lord shall read it together one go. This book of the Lord shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. So we established that good success is something that, does not just happen. It's not God who makes you successful. It is you who make yourself successful. God gives you the tools. You engage the tools to make yourself successful. That's why sometimes people talk and they say there are a lot of unbelievers who are who achieved it, who are broken through. Is because there are fundamental scriptural laws that God has set in motion. Universal laws that when engaged, success comes to anyone who desires it. So whether you succeed or not has little to do with, uh, what do you call it, uh, has, has a lot to do with how you partner with God. The Bible says we are co-laborers together with God. There is something God has for you. You have to discover it, commit yourself to it, and then in that way, we can declare you a success. So we looked at the difference from the very beginning, and then we started exploring codes for good success because that's what Joshua chapter 1.8 actually tells us. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 gives us biblical quotes for success. Somebody say biblical quotes. Uh, you are, we are in information technology age and so we appreciate quotes. When we enter hotel rooms that are quotes, when you pick up your phone, you place a passcode on it and without it, nobody, if you happen to move somewhere and you, somebody needs to assess information from your phone, and they don't have the passcode, no matter what they do, even the manufacturer cannot break it. Am I communicating here? That's how powerful codes are. And you see, God has wired you for success and is giving us codes. But if you will not work with the code, there's no way we are going to experience true and lasting success. And I'll see you experience true and lasting success. You will experience lasting success. Shout a better amen. amen. So, in this code, the code comes in this form. So we started looking at it. This book, somebody said this book. Uh -huh. The book is the code. That is the principal code. In the book is knowledge. So in the book, we are exploring the first code, which is the code of knowledge. The reason why God gave him a book is because knowledge is foundational for success. 
This was a man who was coming from a certain background, like most of us in Africa are coming from similar backgrounds. We come from a background that is saddled with poverty, with inferiority complex, with all kinds of things. These are guys who have been slaves for over 400 years. All they, they were used to, all they knew was slavery. All their lives, they were used to slavery. So they could not imagine a better life. And so God needed to shape his mentality first before he brought him into a place where he could appreciate abundance. And until your mind change, your life cannot change. Until your mind is renewed, your life can, you cannot walk in the newness of life. When you get born again, you have been ushered into a new life. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away. All things have become new. All things have become new. But that cannot be a reality indeed unless your mentality changes. Somebody say my mentality changes. Your mentality must change and success is never in view until your mentality changes. That's where it starts from. Your mindset must change. Joshua never knew anything. I think in his line and lineage, everybody knew poverty. Everybody knew, fail, knew failure. Everybody knew that they were supposed to be servants because that's who they had been for over 400 years. It's not easy to just get somebody's mind to be rewired if he had been used to slavery all his life to come and see himself as a prince. The Bible said there is an evil which I've seen. I've seen servants on horses and princes walking on the earth. That is a sad reality. But it happens when all we know is poverty. You can only think poverty. You can't imagine yourself breakthrough. You can't imagine yourself becoming a shining light. You can't imagine yourself becoming an outstanding personality in life and in society. But I see you bump into it in the name of Jesus. I see that destiny become a reality for you. Shout a better amen. So knowledge is key. So we touched on 10 reasons why knowledge is critical for success. If you don't have value for knowledge, I can almost predict your future. Your future is all doom and gloom. If you don't have value for knowledge, your future is guaranteed to be doom and gloom. You cannot become a shining example in life if you don't have value for knowledge. Last two weeks, we taught on four kinds of knowledge critical for success. Four kinds of knowledge critical for success. Going to school is good. Getting an education is good. There are four kinds of knowledge which are critical. The most important which, unfortunately, people who are not wise don't pay attention to is the knowledge of God. Somebody say the knowledge of God. If you don't know God, you are of all men most miserable. If you don't know God, no matter what you have in life, no matter what you achieve in life, no matter the height you get to in life, if you don't know God, you are of all men most miserable. Because when life comes hitting hard at you, you will never have what it takes to be able to survive it. It is the knowledge of God that makes us strong in the face of the greatest oppositions in life. And life will certainly bring you some oppositions. If you've never experienced anything in life, if you've never seen challenges in marriage, if you've never seen challenges in finances, you have not started living. But when you begin to live for real, you will see that in real life there are real problems. I'm not communicating to somebody at all. Now, when you come face to face with life's problems and you are found wanting, that is a, an enough proof that you lack something. And that 
for by, by all indications is the knowledge of God. The Bible says that people that do know they are strong, they know God. The, uh, 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 Daniel eleven thirty two. they shall be strong and do exploits. They shall be strong. How strong do you see yourself? Almost in every challenge, you just feel broken down. There's a challenge in your marriage, you get broken down. There's a challenge in your finances, you get broken down. You feel attacked in your health, you just get broken down. There are people who are breaking down left, right, center, than old cars. They break down almost every week because they are ignorant. When you are knowledgeable and you are rooted in the knowledge of God, there is nothing that can break you down. Nothing shall break you down from henceforth. Nothing shall break you down from henceforth. The people who succeed and become outstanding, they don't get broken down. They break through. They break through barriers. They break through oppositions. In a little challenge, you break down and everybody must console you. And you say you want to be a super success. <laughs> Come again. Come you do. You started one business and you failed. And you are calling yourself a failure. You are seeking solace from everybody you are trying to. And nobody is calling me. Nobody is comforting me. Nobody is reaching out to me. Nobody will reach out to you. If you won't get up and stand up and pursue, there is no way you can recover what you have lost. The Bible says when everybody contemplated contemplated on killing the man David. He encouraged himself in the Lord. He knew the Lord so he knew he could encourage himself in the Lord. But if you don't know God, you always look to outside you for encouragement. And the people who be most discouraged in life are people who rely on externals for encouragement. If you are going to look at what other people, the way they look at you, the way they see you, what they tell you, to be encouraged you will always be demotivated. But when you are encouraged from within, thank God the God, the Holy God, the Holy Ghost lives in the inside of you. He's able to bring life to you. He's able to bring healing to you. He's able to motivate you and keep you stimulated at all times. No wonder the Bible says that do not be drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Holy Ghost. In other words, it says be stimulated with the Holy Ghost. Be stimulated. Be, come alive. I see you come alive. I said, I see you come alive. So the knowledge of God is foundational. And, and all you do, make sure, in all your pursuit, never shelve the knowledge of God. Never get too busy that the knowledge of God is on the shelf. That, that's something that is increasingly becoming the norm in our day. People are busy and God is put on the shelf. We can keep him away and concentrate on other matters. And then when we are finished, we'll come back to God. You don't know what you lose within that period. And you don't know what that act, that decision can bring into your future and the things you are pursuing. There is nothing that must be second to God in your life. Every other thing is second. There is nothing that must take first place of, of, God, of God in your life. Every other thing must have second place. Praise God. That's who a true believer is. A true believer does not give God second place. God has first place. Every other thing has his reference around it. If God cannot fit into it, that thing is set aside. I'm not communicating here. The knowledge of God, if you don't start with it, you will eventually be crushed to come to a place where you desire it. You have to start with it so you secure success before you get it. A lot of people wait to succeed before they pursue knowledge of God. No, it's too late. Because by the time you succeed, 
you, you'll be too anxious and too, be in a state of fear and anxiety that you, you wouldn't go through the, what it takes in order to see God. That's why when some people succeed, they now begin to consult all kinds of people for protection and security. Yeah, because they didn't know God. He wasn't part of their success from the beginning. So they don't know how to add him to things. You don't add God to things. God is the foundation of all things. Am I complicating here? You don't add him. You don't succeed and add God. You lay a foundation in God to succeed. Somebody say an amen. amen. Number two, knowledge of yourself and your divinely endowed abilities. All of us are gifted. And I'll, I'll be talking about it in, in some other teaching. You are gifted. Somebody say, I'm gifted. Shout, I am gifted. When you see an envious man, that is somebody who is walking in ignorance of what God has placed in him. I have never been envious of anybody. I appreciate God for what he's given to everybody. But I'm most thankful for what he has given me. Because there's something he's given me. If I get occupied with it, it can take me to any place I need to be to. There is no place you want to get to. There is no place God has destined you to get to. That you can't get to. Fully discovering, developing, and deploring what he has placed in you. When you fully discover... You develop and you deploy it. It can bring you into any place God has ordained. And any place that people who are described as success get to, God will get you there. Somebody say an amen. amen. You have to know it. Know that you are endowed. You have to know yourself. John the Baptist say, are you Elijah? I say, no, no, no. Don't compare me to Elijah. Don't, uh, are you a prophet? He said, don't compare me to all of those. Are you this? You see, when you don't know who you are, people, you accept titles from people. People just start, oh, he's this, he's that, he's that. And then it has entered your head. I remember many years ago when we were in the school, somebody came, he wants to make me a doctor. I say, what? Doc? Doc what? Of what? And for what? When I checked the five-fold ministry, there was nothing like doctor inside. And I'm called into one of those ones. If later on I decide to pursue some degrees and I acquire it, you can place it on me. But don't bring me honorary stuff. Praise God. Because no honor, no man can take this honor upon himself except he that was called. To be called a pastor is more honorable for me than a doctor. Am I communicating here? Because that is divinely placed on me. John the Baptist knew it. He said, you are Elijah. He said, no, I'm not. You are one of the prophets. He said, no, I am the voice. Somebody say, I'm the voice. I know what I'm into. I know what I'm about. My life is not just uh, going in. A, I know what my life is all about. I am. Jeremiah said, I am a child. He said, look at you. You are belittling my potential in you. You are not a child. I wired you a prophet from your mother's womb. And because you have not de de discovered and developed it, see the way you are talking. You won't talk down of yourself again. I said, you won't talk low of yourself again. In the mighty name of Jesus. You see people who have low self-esteem, they don't know themselves. You feel inferior. And I was telling mommy a couple of uh, weeks ago that you see people, sometimes the, the, the people that is so pitiful to find them have low self-esteem are people who may be very pretty on the outside. I've seen a lot of pretty ladies. Sometimes some of them are very intelligent. But when you get to engage them, you see that there is this along and there's a low self-esteem somewhere. Because they don't know themselves. They don't know themselves. When you know yourself, even when you look monkey, your confidence is intact. Like monkey. You are, your confidence is intact. A monkey is excited being a monkey. Because he knows he's a monkey. 
A lion has never desired to be an eagle because it's a sighted being an eagle. You have to know yourself. John the Baptist never desired the position of Jesus. Not for once. He said, no, 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 no. I'm not the one. When he said, he said uh, are you one? Are you the Messiah? He said, no. Are you one of the prophets? He said, no. When Jesus, he met Jesus, he said, ah, let me remove. I'm not ready to untie your shoes. He, he knew his place. And he was excited about his place. When Jesus was speaking about him, he said, of all men born of women, there is none as great as John the Baptist. But you and I, we will not describe him as one of the great people. Because when we look into the Bible, when you look at Elijah and uh, John the Baptist, Elijah looks like more powerful. If you're an African man, somebody who can call fire and consume people. And if you're an Old Testament person, somebody who can call a lion to eat up children. It looks like it, it shows his power. But under the new, we have not been given power to destroy life. We have been given power to give life. Am I communicating here? That, that's what it is. And John the Baptist, all he did was to announce that this is Jesus. That's all he did. And Jesus said, of all men, born of women, he's the greatest. That's why your view of success must come from God and not from men. Your view must come from God. Men are looking, they look at your car, they say you are a success. They look at your house, you are a success. They look at where you live, you are a success. And because of it, people are struggling, seeking to do all kinds of things. Some Just to appear successful. Don't fool your life. Don't die before your time. Praise God. The Bible said a lot of people, be thou, be thou, be thou not weak, neither be thou foolish. Why should you die before your time? A lot of people die prematurely because of these two things. Either they are walking in foolishness or they are walking in wickedness. Praise God. By and large, there are a few exceptions to it, but by and large, people are put, young people carrying strange diseases that 80 year olds, 70 year olds are not carrying. Young people, ask these doctors. People come, they report sick and you check their age and Pastor, Pastor uh, Ray, you can't match it. You look at the age of the person. I mean, sciences, medicine and science are being redefined in so many areas. Many areas. Sicknesses, please take your seat. Sicknesses you could only attribute to the agent. Today, young people, 20 year olds, 25 year olds, they are all carrying it. Because people are becoming increasingly, putting themselves under increased intense pressure to achieve to, to achieve in order to impress people who can never be impressed by their lives. Praise God. Knowledge of yourself and your assignment. Knowledge of your assignment. Knowledge of your assignment in life. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save the lost. Jesus said, Pilate asked him in John chapter 18 verse 37. He said, therefore Pilate said unto him, I doubt therefore the king. Jesus answered, thou sayest that I am the king. To this end was I born. Somebody say, for this cause. For this cause was I born. And for this came I into the world. For this was I born. Until you come to a place where you know what you were born for. You have not started living. Living begins when you begin to pursue what you were born for. Praise God. There are things you have studied for. There are things you are professionally trained for. But what were you born for? The reason why we have a lot of people walking in the shadows of too many other people is because they are simply doing things 
not in line with God's perfect program and their will for their lives. I tell people all the time, when I see people who are struggling to do things that God has, is not in it, you see, the easiest work to do is the work God has assigned you to do. That's the easiest work to do. The most exciting. When you are doing that kind of job, no amount of pay is enough. Your greatest pay is that God is happy you are doing what you are supposed to do. Am I communicating here? There are no people who can uh, be shifting positions because of money. Number four, you have to know how life works. Somebody say how life works. A lot of people, and this is one of the things that this younger generation needs. A lot of young people don't know how life works. We don't know how life works. A lot of young people today, they feel, once you sit, then he moves. Or you get to your destination. It doesn't work like that. <laughs> the reason for Sakawa, Sakawa was not there 10 years ago, 15 years ago. I mean, you go to social media, all kinds of stupid videos showing up about how people are trying to get rich. It doesn't work like that. Life is not designed like that. There must be seed time before harvest. Am I communicating here? There must be preparation before performance. The Bible said to everything that is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. So the Bible says in Ecclesiastes 10, 15, the labor of the foolish wearied every one of them because they do not know how. Knowing how is important. Somebody say knowing how. Knowing how. Know how to marry. Know how to be a wife. Know how to be a husband. Know how to serve God. That knowledge is critical. Every time, one of my greatest challenges is working with people who don't want to they don't know how and they don't want to know how. They are very difficult people to work with. They don't know how and you want to help them to know how and they are not willing to learn. Anybody who is unwilling to learn is somebody I don't have patience for and I can't work with. Praise God. But if you are willing to learn, no matter how slow, I can be very patient with you. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, we want to look at seven great attitudes you must develop towards knowledge. Now, having established the fact that knowledge is foundational for success, there are seven great attitudes. What must be my attitude towards knowledge? And I tell you, the average African has a very poor attitude towards knowledge. And our church will be an exception. Amen. I said, this church will be an exception. Amen. Your life must be an exception. Your attitude towards knowledge is critical if you are going to experience success. This book, that's what God gave him. That's what God gave him. He didn't give him a house. He didn't give him a khaki. He didn't give, he just, he didn't give him stock in the New York stock exchange. No, he gave him a book. This book. Some people, when the book is given to them, they put it on a shelf. Never open it. All of us have the book. That book, that book, that greatest book that helps you to succeed all around. Everybody has it. I mean, for those of you who are here, if I'm to come down and descend on you now, how many of you opened that book this week? It will be war. How many of you have been opening the book for the past one month? It's a challenge. The past six months, not at all. Praise God. You see, it is all a function of your value for knowledge. And so, what must be my attitude towards knowledge? If I must become a super success and enjoy good success, and knowledge is a code, what must be my attitude towards knowledge? Number one, value knowledge. Somebody say value knowledge. Say value knowledge. Value knowledge. Value knowledge. Ah, sometimes I go to preach in a place, I quote scripture, and some of the people, 
they 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 are they they are excited about how I'm quoting scripture. And then when I finish, I introduce a book. Must know. And the same person who was a few minutes ago asking me, Pastor, how are you able to put a lot of scripture in your head like that? Saw that book by by passed the stand and went to buy a, a, what do you call it? A donut. He has no value for knowledge. Yeah. He wants to be able to keep scripture in his head. But he also wants to fill his belly with donuts. It doesn't work like that. It's a function of your value. Somebody say value. Value. I meet people who are like, oh, me, I have a difficulty putting scripture in my head. Hey, stop that thing. There, there, there's a lot of scrap in your head. Lot of rubbish in your head already. And you put it there. You put it there from social media. You put it there from television. You put it there from all kinds of places. It's just that you are not being smart by deliberately putting good things in your head. Everybody has something in his head, good or bad. And most of the things that we put on our, in our head, uh, unconsciously, most of them are negative. Most of them are negative. They don't shape our lives. They don't make us better. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. By the time you realize, yeah, it's like you're sitting in the hall. Uh, blah, 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 blah. One hour has passed and you're watching useless stuff on the TV. Something begins to happen and it catches your attention. You are wasting your life away. Value knowledge. Somebody say value knowledge. Value it. The Bible says, ah, yeah, yeah. Proverbs uh, 8.10. Choose my instruction rather than silver and knowledge rather than pure gold. If I came to this church this morning before I preach this message, and some of you, even after I preach this message, when I finish now and I put a book here and I put a million dollars, a book that will empower you to become a, a, a financial success. And I put a million dollars here. I, I tell you, a lot of you here, even after this message, as Africans, you choose a million dollars. You will choose a million dollars. And you see, that's where the problem really is. That's where very few people can handle a million dollars. Because if you get to know what is in the book, you won't need someone to give you a million dollars. You will know what to do in order to generate a million dollars. Am I communicating at all to somebody? Listen. You see, until your mind changes, your life remains the same. That's key. Value knowledge. He said, choose my instruction. And knowledge rather than pure gold. Oh. Ask mommy here. When we were dating, what gifts I gave her? Books, 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 books. Shepherding a woman's heart, doing this. All kinds of things. No, no, no. Listen. Listen, you are dating, you are always calling for. Mommy, is it true? Or, uh, listen. All kinds of books. Yeah. Yeah. Birthday book. This book. No, 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 no. That is why by the grace of God, she has not been giving me wahala. Because I needed to clear from her heart some things. As she was reading, her mind was getting straightened up. Am I communicating here? Listen. Uh, uh, let's go for dinner here. Let's go for dinner there. Let's go for dinner there. Listen, Mr. Wiseman, just drop this girl. She has no future. She can't help you build a future. I'm not saying every time be eating, uh, be, be, be buying books, but that, that, that is more important. Than the feasting. And in any way, it's also another form of feasting. It's just that you are feasting to pass it out after six hours and you are feasting to live on it the rest of your life. The Bible said, buy the truth. 
by the truth, by the truth, sell it not. Also wisdom, instruction and understanding. Buy it. Buy it. This year, how many books have you bought? You are always looking for books to borrow. Buy. Look for books to buy. Don't look for books to borrow. Even the ones, I realize that a lot of people, when you give them with things, they don't value it. And so I've stopped gifting people with books. Unless I have, I have, I have come to know you over a period, give me good value for the money. They don't value it. Anybody who cannot buy a book does not value a gift of a book. Anybody who does not buy books never values the gift of a book. How many books have you read to buy, bought this year? Buy the truth. When you see a good book, uh, we introduce a book. Oh, Papa, can you dash me one? I'm believing God for somebody to uh, buy one of such books for me as a gift. Listen, you don't know. Listen, the kind of church God has called me to raise is a church where people are book devourers. Listen, this our church is now starting on. Very soon... <laughs> The, the levels will be very clear. It's, this is my starting year. This is my starting year. Newness, the newness thing you see there is my starting year. I've been preparing for the past 10 years. And now we've started. Praise God. And those who take their proper place in the next 10 years as we run this service or more are the people who place value of what I'm saying today. Out of you, is out. you look ordinary today. But as you engage these things I'm sharing with you, in the next five years, in the next three years, your destiny will be supernaturally turned around. People will look at you and they will be shocked. If they are looking for millionaires in Ghana, they will be counting them in thousands in our church. Can somebody give me an amen? If they are looking for global icons, they will be counting them in thousands in our churches. That's where it starts from. That's where it starts from. Buy value knowledge. I left tech. By the time I was leaving tech, I had about three jude bags full of books. Three jude bags. My greatest heritage as a student were the books I bought. That's all. That's all. Value knowledge. The Bible said, For my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. My people. Hosea 4 6. Somebody say, My people. Hi, hi, hi. This is not Satan. Let's listen. Let's stop binding Satan and binding Satan. In fact, if you actually knew who Satan was, you will stop. You stop misbehaving, because some of the prayers we actually pray is a misbehavior. I kill him. I kill him. You are misbehaving. You are foolishly misbehaving. Because how do you kill Satan? He says, "For my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge." You destroy your destiny. You destroy your future. You destroy everything God has for you. A great marriage can be destroyed for lack of knowledge. I've seen it. I've seen it happen. You sit down with a woman who is beautiful and you are telling her the mind of God. And she tells you, you don't understand my feelings. No, I know what I don't understand. It's your foolishness I don't understand. It's not your feelings. Yeah. You don't understand my feelings. I mean, you want to make nonsense of the word of God because of your feelings? That is what we'll look at in the second service. <laughs> the Kanama. <laughs> Somebody say an amen. <laughs> Are you enjoying the service at all? Feelings. You don't understand my feelings. 
Your husband says you don't respect it. He said, and pastor is telling you, listen, if marriage must work, submit. Wives, submit to your husbands. Call him Lord. Call him my boss. If that's what he is okay with. Because he's your head. Am I communicating here? He said, as for me, this rubbish thing, I don't listen. Even in school, I score better grades than him. Go and marry your type. Praise God. Yeah. It will never work, no matter who prays for you or who anoints you. Thank God for a lot of ignorant pastors who are also in a haste to anoint people with oil. I'm, not, I'm never in a hurry to put oil on somebody when I don't know what is in their head. I can pour oil on your head, bath you in it. If your head is a goaty head, you will still be a, an anointed goat. When you anoint a goat, he doesn't become a human being. He becomes an anointed goat. Praise God. Am I communicating here? This anointing for breakthrough, anointing for this. All that anointing has come and you are still breaking down. Why? Because what is in here is not correct. You don't understand what it means to go to work and stay at work. And you are looking around, you going, moving around for anointing for breakthrough. When that anointing comes, your greater breakdown is coming. He says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Then he says something that is very sad. There are seven things I'm going to talk to you about, but I'm already running late, so it will not reach there. But what the Holy Ghost wants you to hear is what you are hearing. He says, look at that again. He said, because you have rejected knowledge, I also will reject you. God does not reject anybody. God receives everybody. That is not true. You can see from here. He said, you are my people, but I will reject you. And the reason for my rejection of you is because you have rejected knowledge. The, the rejection that way does not mean to be cast away as it were. But it simply means to be declared unfit for use. Yeah, That's what it means. It means you are unfit for use. And if you look at scripture closely, you realize that that's how God related with a lot of people. You become unfit for use when you are not open to learning. You become unfit for use. A fisherman can become a great apostle because he's willing to learn. When they saw Peter and they saw his boldness, they took knowledge. As an unleaded, they took knowledge that he had been schooled by Jesus. When you don't have value for knowledge, you are simply saying, Lord, I don't want you to use me. I don't want you to use me as a global agent of change. I don't want you to use me as a global ambassador. No. That's what Paul said. Study to show thyself. I proved unto God a workman that needed not to be ashamed. Do you know why? Amongst many people, Moses was the one that could be picked. There were many Jews. Why was Moses picked? Because he was learned, mighty in word and in deed. Thank God for Apostle Peter, who had close work with Jesus. How many letters did he write? First Peter, second Peter, that was all. But Paul, who came later on, a man of letters, Studious man, a man who was well read, very dedicated, committed learner. When he was about to die, he was not asking for a, a car, his best car to drive, his best suit to wear. He was asking for, bring me my books and the parchment. Those were the things he was calling for. You are calling for food every day, every time, no matter the season, even at 12 midnight, you are calling for food. When will you begin to feed your mind? Praise God. There were many prophets. Daniel was one of those prophets. But none of them had governmental influence like Daniel. Because Daniel understood 
what it means. I mean, he was a man who was learned, he could understand science. Somebody say science. You can't understand anything. When we are even uh, communicating simple things, you can't. Your understanding is so far. Your understanding is so far. Your husband says one. You have interpreted it wrongly hundred times. So by the time he's able to correct it, a fire is burning already. Your understanding is so far. Understanding is so far. Knowledge. Somebody say knowledge. No, value knowledge. Value it. When you feed your stomach, you have fed it for a short time. But when you feed your mind, you have fed it for a lifetime. Yeah. Because as long as you live, that knowledge is relevant. Number two, love knowledge. Somebody say love knowledge. Value it and then develop. That, I'm talking about being passionate about knowledge. Passion for knowledge is what makes you come to church with a note-taking material. Because you are passionate about knowledge. Passing for knowledge is what makes you want to buy a book that has been written. Buy a CD or go to the podcast and be listening because you are passionate about knowledge. You are busy for everything except that which can transform your life. And yet you are praying for supernatural transformation. Hey, praying for supernatural transformation but doing nothing about it. Oh, Africans are great at prayers. And we'll pray great prayers because prayers do make a difference. Praise the Lord. That's not we had a pastor's meeting. I was just telling them, I believe in prayer and I pray. I pray. And I'm even going to even increase the tempo now. I believe in prayer. There is very little a man can accomplish in life without prayer. But listen, when you have prayed and God is set for you and you are not set, you will still end up by failure. When you are praying, be investing in yourself. Be preparing yourself. Jesus was praying, but he was going to the temple. He sat down listening to the doctors and teachers asking them questions. So while he was having his prayer time, he made sure he was learning. And by the time he was 30 and he said, uh, now the hour has come, the book was open unto me. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. I'm anointed. And he went about doing good because the anointing began to speak. There was volumes. When he opened his mouth to speak, they said, this one does not speak the way the others speak. He speaks with authority. He speaks with clarity. He speaks with precision. He's not speaking like an ignoramus. Am I communicating here at all? When you speak in your field, people must respect you. They must know that, listen, that is a man. This is a specialist in this area. This is a master in this area. Not that you are there and you are before the audience, you are asking. You are misquoting and finding out from the congregation whether, is it there? Uh, then go to another chapter. You are, you are an unserious man. Am I communicating here? Yeah. You have to know your game. And it comes with loving knowledge. Loving what? Loving knowledge. Uh, Proverbs 1.22. He said, how long is simple things? Oh, simple things. <laughs> simple things. Somebody say simple things. When you are simple-minded, the Bible calls you simple things. You can check it in the dictionary. I mean, simple thing. You insist on being simple-minded. How long will you mockers release your mocking? How long will fools hate, hate, hate? This sadly describes a lot of Africans. We go to school, but we hate knowledge. We go to school, but we hate what? Knowledge. 
so when I talk about knowledge, I'm not just talking about going to school. There's a side to it. But the love for knowledge goes beyond going to school. After the four words, how long are you going to stay there? Even a PhD, 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 how long? You will still come out anyway. The Bible says, for they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. Love knowledge. Somebody say love knowledge. Say, I love knowledge. I believe in knowledge. I value knowledge. And I pray that beginning from today, the grace of God to value knowledge. Appreciate knowledge. Go all out for knowledge. I mean, you are driving to work and then you are listening to chaff on radio. When you can be listening to podcasts that will shape your spirit, position you for greater exploits, give you a better perspective about life. Listening to songs that don't make any meaning to your spiritual health and, 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 and vitality. Value knowledge. Listen, you have one life. Somebody say one life. And how you live it matters. You have one life to live on this earth and how you live it matters. And you can't live it meaningfully in ignorance. You can't live it meaningfully in ignorance. It's my passionate prayer that from today, grace to be angry and angry about your ignorance and hungry for knowledge. May that grace rest upon you. In the mighty name of Jesus. From today, you will never be tired of knowledge. When you come to church and the word is being taught, you will not be sleeping. Somebody shout an amen. amen. I decree that from today, a greater passion for the word of God and for knowledge is birthed in your heart. Amen. Lift up your hands and begin to thank God for it. Give him praise. Father, we give you praise. My mind is open. My heart is open. In Jesus' precious name. Father, thank you for grace to labor in the word. In the name of Jesus. From today, we receive grace to labor in the word. Grace to labor in the word. Grace to labor for the meat which does not perish. Grace to labor for the meat which endure for eternal life. In the mighty name of Jesus. Grace to pursue knowledge like never before. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you that as we do so, our glorious destinies are emerging. Beautifully and gloriously. In Jesus' precious name. Shout an amen. Afroqua has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. Share your testimonies with us on 020-422-5790 or email us at embassyoflifechapel at gmail.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afroqua on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For more information, visit our website at www.embassyoflife.org. 
fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our celebration services at our headquarters church, 6.45 a.m. to 8 a.m. for our first service, 8.30 a.m. to 9.45 a.m. for our second service, and 10.15 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. for our third service, and on Wednesdays for our discovery service from 6 p.m. to 7.45 p.m. Locate us on the top floor of Nanama Ejakumar Plaza, opposite the Unity Oil Station, Santati Runabout, Kumasi, Ghana. Alternatively, you can join us online for our services on our YouTube and Facebook pages, Embassy of Life Chapel. God richly bless you. Never, never be the same.